For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 204 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And this is not one of those weeks where we have a bunch of shit to talk about. It's going to be a shorty, guys. It's for the shorties. Uh, the kitty say you who I say thank you. You got any more? Me? You're old and mold and covered in mold. It's for the shorties. Little MCP pants for everybody. I'm trying to remember. I'm. It's been so long. It has been forever for me too. Six one two Wharf Avenue. Six one two Wharf Avenue. Yeah. I know that place. It's right by the docks. <laughs> um. So, uh, I guess what we're going to be talking about this week is Galaxy's Edge a little bit because that is the big event in Star Wars news. It opened to the public well the public that had reservations open to them today and uh people have been going for a couple of weeks now um you know under special circumstances press and friends and family and uh employees and stuff like that so uh a little bit to talk about there and then of course we'll hear from you guys your voice messages and your emails how you been, buddy? I've been all right. Been hanging in there. You've been playing Making any, it any through ad- the warmness. Oh, dude, dude, what day was it? Wednesday. I had an extra long day of driving around, mm-hmm. and the car that I use for driving, I use our older car because it's, you know, put a lot of miles on it, doing all my driving for work and shit. Right. Um, the air conditioner isn't out. Like it works. But it's kind of like the Millennium Falcon hyperdrive where it don't work well. Right. And I got into my car after my first stop for work. It was about one o'clock in the afternoon. And the motherfucking thermostat in my car said 110 degrees. Bro. 
I could not have been happier to get home and get in some AC. It is fucking hot. That's a Shvetti drive. It sure is, dude. Uh, you Did you get a chance to try out? I, I don't know if we talked about it on the show. I don't think we did talk about it on the show. I think it's something I came across uh, after we recorded. Did you try out that game Dauntless yet? I killed the first couple monsters, but I haven't been back. haven't had a chance to go back and do any more. Yeah, I... I... I think maybe I got to the third monster mm-hmm. and killed it several times in a row to get like different uh, ingredients or like uh, materials to make armor and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fairly neat. It's like uh, if the graphical style of Fortnite met Monster Hunter. Right. Um, I think it could be fun. Uh, you know... It, it forces you, I guess there's probably a way around it, but it forces you to play with um, other players, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm, it, it, does. It, it matchmakes you. And that's so far, that's been a fairly uh, pleasant experience. This one time, though, it was the last one I did before I went to bed last Saturday when I was playing it. Uh, I got matched up with a dad and his two kids. And you want to talk about the most confused person in the world was this dad. Oh, my God. He was Could like, you hear it all going on? Oh, yeah, because they were talking on headsets. Oh, man. And I didn't have a headset on. Well, I was wearing headphones, but not like mic'd right, up, right? and plugged into the party, right. And he's going, so what's the point of this game? Like, we, we there's just this big open world, and there's only one monster for us to hunt? And the kids are like, yeah, Dad. Yeah, Dad. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, <laughs> and where, where am I supposed to go?" And they're like, "We're putting up flares, Dad. Follow the the flares." And he's like, "I don't, I don't see any flares." Like, just complaining the whole time. And these kids, like, I don't know how old they were, but they sounded younger than like teenagers, like preteens. Yeah, preteens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, eleven, twelve. Yeah, somewhere in there. <laughs> Man, and no, and get a little more years on them, and they'll be brave enough to be like, "Uh, Dad, if you're gonna be like this, you, you can't play with us." Like, if if you, you gotta straighten up, you gotta oh. get it together, dude. Like, you know, Jesse and I don't plan on having kids, right? Right. But if we did, if we had a kid, and I played video games with that kid, and then he was like, and he broke it down to me like that, do you know how heartbroken I would be? He's like, Dad. You'd stay up all night after they went to bed playing that damn game to be 10 levels <laughs> higher than they were. Oh, telling oh, really? them where to go the next time they play. Oh, really? We got over to the guy with the funny hat over here. He's got the spinny thing. Trust me, I know. Oh, oh, really, kid? You going to make fun of your dumb old dad? Huh? Huh? Well, you just wait. Throw your Xbox 4 into the ocean. Whatever the <laughs> fuck they're playing on. Um. I mean, it's obsolescence. I mean, having kids is nothing but showing you how old you are. I mean, I feel it every day. I I mean, the things that we grew up with, like kids today will never understand a corded phone or a house phone for that matter. Right. They'll never understand calling somebody and being like, can I speak to so-and-so? Like, you, They'll never know the experience of having to call a girl's house, get her dad, and be like, may I please speak oh. to... 
you know, so-and-so. terrifying. And you right. look, it like, and, and like, maybe you, the, the girl you're calling says, hey, don't call my house after nine. Yeah, yeah, right. And because you don't have a cell phone on you to always tell the time, you call and then look at the, the clock in the kitchen or something, and it's 9.03. And you have a mini heart attack as oh, the phone is ringing. Fuck. And then you're like, oh, shit, I should just hang up. I'm just going to hang up. And then the dad answers. <laughs> and there's that moment of hesitation where either your voice squeaks or the words just don't come out for a second. Yeah, and you get the second hello. So it's like ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hello? Uh, uh, may I speak to Jenny? Is is Jenny there? Terrifying. I'm yeah. glad kids. I'm glad kids. That shit was scary. And I didn't even <laughs> do it that much. Um, Rewinding of EHS. You know, it just the little things. I was telling Justin. Anti-skip protection on a portable CD player oh, that never worked. That never worked. Having to hold a portable CD player... In the magic position. Like you had to enter the holy grail on a bus. Like your hands were the shocks, you know, like Like having to enter some weird Zen meditative state where you like, I am I am completely still still. I'm listening to Hootie and the Blowfish on my portable Sanyo C D player. Oh, Anyways, you know what I was telling Jesse today? Is, do they make Tang anymore? You know, I don't know. I haven't gone hunting in a while, but when I was a when I was a teenager, they still made it. I know they may not make it now. It's what so, the astronauts drink, right? So when I was a kid, my mom went to Sam's for the first time, right? And I guess for people who don't know, Sam's is like Costco. It's one of those you buy groceries in mm-hmm. bulk. Like you can buy like a box of cereal the size of a goddamn kitchen table. Yeah. You know what and I'm saying? And you can, you know, you want mayonnaise, you can buy the family mayonnaise. Two of them. Like the, yeah, the, like shrink wrap together. Right. Fucking a pallet of soup. Yeah. So yeah. my mom got this canister of Tang drink mix that was... The size of a trash can. <laughs> okay. First off, I mean, we got to keep going, but always a bad idea mm-hmm. because Tang is something that once moisture gets to it, which inevitably it will, it turns into rocks. Yep. So after the first couple powdery scoops, you have brick, you know, crack cocaine brick Tang that you got to take the ice pick to, right. to get anything out of. So we had this giant thing of Tang. My mom brings it home. We're excited. Because we're a Kool-Aid family. This is new, unexplored territory. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You don't have to add sugar to this shit, man. You just pour it in, uh, stir some water in there, and you got orange drink, my friend. You got space-age orange drink. Right. Like, again, the selling point is, this is the stuff the astronauts drank. Because you couldn't have carbonated beverages in space because you couldn't expel the gas. You would explode. Like, your body would just... So my dad... Big, uh, big NASA guy. My dad actually wanted to be an astronaut. Well, like a lot of kids, I'm sure. But uh, he was like, you know, this is what the this is what the astronauts drink. Yeah, right. I didn't know they sold this to the general public. I thought NASA was keeping this shit in the vault. So 
that lasted, I would say, like the excitement about having Tang lasted for, I don't know, six months before I never wanted to drink Tang again. Like it was Tang. And my mom was like, if you want, if you guys, uh, if you guys want me to get Kool-Aid or something, you're going to have to finish that canister of Tang. And dude, it was huge. We had Tang for months. And then my sister and I uh, developed a plan to rid the family house of Tang. You know, in uh, Shawshank, when he's Mm -hmm. carving the hole out. (laughs) Yeah, and like dropping the debris out his pants leg into the, um, into the exercise yard. That was right. our plan with Tang, basically, where you would like you would make some Tang, and then oh no, maybe just another scoop of this Tang falls into the sink. <laughs> and I oh. haven't had Tang since. Definitely, you can burn out. I mean, to me, it reminded me of uh, Sunny D. Do you remember Sunny D? I do. The the it was orange drink, not juice, my friend. No, no. Uh, when we were in the Boy Scouts, like, and we would go on campouts and shit, like, you know, they would buy food and stuff, and they would always buy Sunny D, right? Yeah, and. We would have these occasional like meetings where they were like, okay, we're, you know, we're always telling you guys what you can do better. What can we do better? And you should see like a group of 15 to 20 teenage to pre teenage boys be like, hey, we need to talk about this Sunny D situation. We're fed up with Sunny D. Can we get some actual orange juice? <laughs> no mas. No mas, Sunny D. <laughs> and they were like, well, I'll tell you why we can't get orange juice. Because it comes in those paper cartons, those cartons, and those dissolve in the cooler. Because, you know, they keep all the drinks and stuff in coolers, right? Mm-hmm. And then one kid was like, no, nah, man, you can actually get plastic jugs of orange juice. I know, Yeah, my- like milk jugs, yeah. So, <laughs> you should have seen the revolt on this fucking Sunny D. Because Sunny D, you know, the commercial is what made it taste good. If you, I mean, if you were from that time age, the commercial, because the kids were just so excited. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, Mom's wow. got Sunny D. Oh, oh yeah. what's in the fridge? We got soda, purple stuff, and Sunny D. Sunny D. Yeah, right. And I- then when you drank it, it kind of tasted like watered down orange juice. It, it took kind- like. Yeah. I mean, it just, it seemed like somebody took orange juice and added water. Maybe you threw were like, in a little pineapple juice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little pineapple juice. And you were like, something here is not right. And then you drink a little more and you're like, still not right. I mean, I'm drinking it, but. <laughs> I'm going in for it, but. <clears throat> do they, I guess they do still make Sunny D. I just looked it up. Oh, high C Ecto. Cooler. Cooler. Ecto that, cooler. That was my jam. Sunny D started out with only one flavor of drink, orange. <laughs> and that's not orange as in an orange. That is orange as in the flavor orange. Now they have multiple flavors such as tangy original, smooth orange, orange strawberry, 
orange mango, orange peach, watermelon, fruit punch. No, thank you. Peach, mango, blue raspberry, cherry limeade, lemonade, and orange pineapple. And this is all Sunny D, you said? Yeah. Oh, wow. You can like us on Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. We have a Patreon page where we post bonus podcasts, Cooking with Will, which just had a new episode go up, uh, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel, Blue Harvest Adventures, Masters of Terrace, or Harvest Kasi with our buddy King Tom, Onoa's Hall Solo Jaws, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we're part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, along with a bunch of other shows. Once you listen to us and you need more Star Wars, and listen, guys, we're going to be talking about Galaxy's Edge a little bit, but if you want a real in-depth or fun analysis of Galaxy's Edge, let me recommend two things to you. Go over to makingstarwars.net. Our buddy Jason had the opportunity to go, and he put out 12, 11 or 12 separate articles about his experience at Galaxy's Edge, breaking things down on like granular detail. Very well done. So if you want to read that, check it out. And our buddy Steele just put up a podcast today uh, and also a video on his YouTube going over his experience at Galaxy's Edge. So uh, check either of those out. <coughs> Sunny goddamn D. All right, so um, like we were talking about, Galaxy's Edge opened to the public, the public who had reservations today. Today. And uh, that's exciting, man. I It's been like four years since the announcement. I think they announced it at D23 in 2015. Um, so to finally see it mostly open, obviously uh, it's only one ride and one of the few complaints I've heard people have about Galaxy's Edge is that there's definitely like a, a large area that feels pretty undone because that's the side of the park the other ride is going to be on. Uh, the Rise of the Resistance ride. Yeah. Which sounds like it's going to be real cool, man. Like there's going to be lots of animatronics and stuff like animatronic Kylo Ren and I gotta say, I've spent the last two days reading a lot and watching a lot of YouTube videos about Galaxy's Edge, and all the hype about the animatronics, well worth, like, well deserved because there's some incredible shit going on. There's a, um, you know, we talked about like a bunch of the different shops and stuff when Entertainment Weekly did their big Galaxy's Edge breakdown a couple of months ago yeah and there's like that doc Ondar's den of antiquity or something it's basically where you go to buy uh i guess sort of more high-end star wars collectibles in the park like that's where you go if you want to buy uh a replica lightsaber of you know whatever jedi you want an obi-wan lightsaber they got an obi-wan lightsaber um so there's that place that has got like, you know, busts of different Jedi masks. Can I say, if you are going to present the public with an array of like bronze 
looking busts of famous Jedi. And I look, right? Right. On these videos and I see Luke Skywalker and Yoda. I see Plo Koon. I see fucking Sansi Tin or whatever the fuck his name is. How how are you not going to have a Kiati Mundi? Look, I understand if it's just, you know, Luke, Obi-Wan, Ray, Yoda, right? If we're just talking like the big players. Now, right. Plo Koon, I can even kind of understand because like, look, is he a big deal in the movies? No, but he's featured quite heavily in the Clone Wars. But once you get to Sansi Ten, or however the fuck you say that guy's name, you can do a Kiati Mundi. You can't. So get on that, Disney. By the time I make my way to Galaxy's Edge, whenever that is, I would like to be uh carrying around a big ass heavy <laughs> bust of Kia D Mundi the whole time I'm at the park. Just have it shipped right to your house. I mean, that's where you just... Oh, dude, I, I mean... Does Disney have some sort of deal where, like, you can buy souvenirs and they'll just, like... I mean, I don't know. Maybe Disneyland doesn't. But you would think Disney World would have the ability for you to purchase souvenirs and you just be like, oh, well, can you just send that to my room if you're staying on resort? And then... You know, at some point, maybe by nighttime or by tomorrow, your purchases show up at your hotel room without you having to lug them around the park all day. And if not, Disney, you need to pay me for the intellectual property of that idea because I will make you millions of dollars. I don't know. I don't know if that is a an option. It does. It would make sense though, especially with Galaxy's all Edge, because they like. I'll say this: looking at the merchandise they had on offer. There's just no physical way I could like. I saw so yeah. many things that I would be like, I want that. Like, of course, I want to do the lightsaber building thing, right? I want to. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of cool stuff. A, I can't carry all that shit around the park all day. Like, I would basically be a, a human shopping cart. Jesse would be pushing me around like I was a shopping cart full of Star Wars merchandise. Uh. And secondly, like, how am I going to get all that home? Yeah, right? I mean, you'd have to have another suitcase. You have to bring an empty suitcase, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to do that anyway. You're such a collectibles shopper that you should probably carry an empty suitcase with you wherever you go. Just to... <laughs> all day, every you day. Know, yeah, take, the, take the, <laughs> the things home. I, um, you know, Jesse and I are... We don't have any immediate plans for it, but at some time in the future, we're going to be making a trip to Japan. And uh, it's something we've talked about for years, and hopefully sooner rather than later, we're going to do it. And I think that might be another, like, take an empty suitcase situation. Because I'll be spending some money in Japan, y'all. Hell yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. Because, like, I bet in Japan you have... Like and there's all kind of like knockoff stuff that you may just want to get for the novelty of it. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, and I mean we're talking like games, like I mean there's just so much shit like Star Wars merchandise that they don't have here. Like it could it could get bad quick. Um, but back to Galaxy's Edge, the so this Don 
or, or what's his name again? I forgot his name. We just Doc Ondar, whatever. Yeah. He's an Athorian, right? <clears throat> the videos of that animatronic that I've seen look so neat. Like it's crazy seeing this big fucking animatronic hammerhead in this store. Um, the Ictorians? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Hondo animatronic, which we've seen like, you know, in clips and yeah, we have, they also showed off at that galaxy's edge panel. Already knew it looked good. It looks really cool in place. Um, the Falcon ride. I've heard like real, like people really enjoy it and other people be like, yeah, it's cool. But apparently, uh, so, you know, there's three roles, like you ride six at a time. There's two pilots, one pilot, handles like i think one pan pilot handles your overall speed and sort of the left to right motion the mm -hmm. other pilot handles like up and down and the hyperdrive then you have two gunners and two engineers apparently being the engineer is not a whole lot of fun oh really apparently like it just involves hitting flashing lights when they come up to fix like damaged areas of the Falcon or rerouting uh, power. Yeah. Things like that. Um, regardless though, it looks really neat. The, yeah. <clears throat> the, um, you know, if I was the engineer, I'd be smashing those lighting buttons as quick as they came <laughs> up. You know? um, I can't dude. I can't wait. It looks like so much fun. Um, you know, I've, I've seen or read or heard people talk about it leading up to it being like, yeah, I'll be, it'll be neat to go. And then those same people get to go and they're so excited afterwards. You know what I mean? Like not people that are like super hyped. Like I can't wait till galaxy's edge opens, you know, like people that have like a normal approach to it that are like yeah but man disney is expensive it's going to be crowded blah 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 mm -hmm. and then they get the opportunity to go and they're like yo that shit is cool <laughs> i can't i mean i don't know when i'll ever i'll be able to but i can only imagine how awesome it would be yeah and see this is the thing man <clears throat> jesse and i um, we're kind of considering making a trip over to the West coast in the fall, right? Mm -hmm. Like a short one, like a, like a long weekend type trip. Right. Um, it really depends. Like we both want to go to the album release show for the new tool album. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just depends on when that falls or if they actually, you know, they're such a weird fucking band. Who knows if they will keep with the tradition that they've had for the past few albums where they do that in LA. Uh, but that's the idea. Uh, and whether we could actually get tickets to it, it would be another factor. And, you know, we were talking like, if we're going to be over there, like, should we go to galaxy's edge? And I don't know, man. I still feel like it's going to be fucking crazy. Well, like you said, with the reservation system, it clearly doesn't even get that crazy. So, um, the reservation system ends 
in June. June 23rd is the last day of reservations. So by then, the reservation thing system won't be a thing anymore. Um, Now, so I saw some videos of when they opened the gates to the public, to the people that had reservations, and dude, like, it looked like madness of everybody streaming in, right? But then Mm -hmm. I saw some other people be like, you know, with the reservations, it's really not that bad. It's not super crazy. I think they said the longest they waited for something was maybe an hour, an hour and a half. And apparently the thing that the two things that were the longest to get into were the lightsaber building experience and the cantina. At least from this one person who was uh, tweeting about it today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. It looks like you're living in a Star War. I mean, I remember when we went to Disney Disneyland when we were in the uh, in California, and I mean, the park itself was packed. I mean, just no. I mean, I guess it wasn't packed. I mean, I guess that's a regular day at Disney, but I mean, just seas of people. You know, like yeah. there was barely much free concrete to like maneuver around people. You kind of just you were like in the herd basically. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like everything was slow moving and there were just so many people there. Um, that's my first experience at Disneyland because anytime I've ever been to Disney, it's been to Disney world. Right. And I know it's because there's so much more space at Disney world that things don't ever feel like that, but it was amazing. Just all those people. Well, and the congestion and how, you know, there was never really, I mean, I know this is Disney. Disney's been honing, crowd control for you know decades but right. everything you know worked perfectly fine and went you know fairly smooth. went went off without a hitch fairly smooth yeah i just uh so we also have to take into account we were there over memorial day weekend you know like i think we went the sunday before memorial day if i remember correctly because we left the next day right we headed out monday morning separately right. but um yeah, so, you know, probably a little busier than usual at being a holiday weekend and stuff. I don't really know how that goes. I don't know how typically busy Disneyland is in the fall. Like, who knows, man? So, I can imagine the cooler times would be busier, right? I mean, I, I know everybody's got the summer off, so everybody wants to go during the summer, but that's when it's hot as balls. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is true. I mean... We went, it wasn't super hot when we went, but then again, like. In the middle of the day it was. Yeah, I mean, when you are when you got the sun beating down on you, but it's still not like Alabama we got, hot. We got lucky in the morning and the afternoon. No, it was California hot. Yeah. And like, you know, Jesse and I, the year before that, went to um, uh, Universal in Orlando in April. And dude, way hotter way busier spring break though you know like yeah for a certain part of the country it was like spring break time so yeah and you're down there on the gulf the gulf coast with like a hundred percent humidity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it might be 90 degrees but it feels like 100 degrees i was like god damn i didn't realize hogwarts was so hot it looks so temperate in those movies <laughs> it's isn't this supposed to be in england isn't it raining and cold here all the time and can I say, put can, Hogwarts land in Seattle? Can 
can we have a little honesty time right here, Will Whitten? Okay. So, you know, our buddy Jason, he got to go to the Galaxy's Edge. Our buddy Steel okay. got to go to Galaxy's Edge. The mm-hmm. Perales family, Galaxy's Edge. Brandon Manriquez, Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. All our friends, a lot of our friends in Star Wars family going to Galaxy's Edge. And then I'm seeing a lot of other of them talking about, oh, I've got re- reservations for such and such day. Can I make a little confession to you? Yeah. I'm a little jealous. Oh, well, I mean, that's to be expected. That's, I'm not, I'm trying to be that Jedi kind of man. Not be, but man, I'm just, I, I like listening to Steel talk about, oh, this was cool. Blah, 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 blah. Jealous. <laughs> You're like, oh, was it cool? Was it really, really, really cool? No, that's not, fantastic. No, not petty. Jealous. I'm a human. I, I love the saga. <laughs> I'd love to be at Galaxy's Edge right now. <laughs> oh, and uh, they have to kick you out. Oh, you dude, set up shop in the cantina, and you're like, no, 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 I'm part of the exhibit. Yeah, man. I I I live slash work here. <laughs> yeah, I, I I am that you know that Wookie and Solo Sagwa, who's all methed out looking like he's yeah. missing some fur. That's me. I'm Sagwa. That's what that I'm wasn't do. my go-to, but. That's I mean, my yeah. go-to. Um, yeah. Uh, so Wednesday, two nights ago, yeah, Wednesday night, they did a live stream of like the um, Galaxy's Edge dedication ceremony. Um, and, you know, it, it basically was like a an infomercial for Galaxy's Edge, but it was a lot of fun. Like they had Bob Iger come out. Um, they showed some like clips of like different restaurants at the park and shit you could buy. Um, and then for the actual dedication, they brought out George Lucas and George Lucas was as possibly complimentary as a George Lucas can be. Like he basically came out and said like, you know, this could have been real bad, but you guys did a good job. (laughs) That's Uh, good. And then they brought out Billy D. Williams, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. I heard that he gave a moving tribute to uh, um, Walter, not Walter, uh, Peter Mayhew. Uh, so he he was on, was it Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon? It was one of the Jimmy shows. Yeah, I heard he did that too, but I I read an article. I thought I read an article headline where he did he gave another tribute to him at the opening he of Galaxy. So like they did this whole skit that didn't actually work out super well with the timing and stuff where like Bob Iger was like uh, uh like, "Oh, look, Chewie's in the cockpit of the Falcon" cuz it was all underneath the huge life-size Falcon, which looks amazing by the way. And it like they show the cockpit and Chewie is in there and Mark Hamill's like, uh, Chewie, fire up the Falcon. And it makes like, it starts sparking and shit and starts making that noise when the Falcon's not cooperating. Right. And they're like, don't worry. We have just the man to fix it. Right. And Harrison Ford comes out and he's looking all fucking cool and shit with his beard. Have you seen Harrison Ford's beard? Uh, not lately. I've seen him when he had a beard. I haven't seen this beard. One of us one of us so he comes out and he 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 like goes up and he's about to like hit the falcon 
like almost like a Fonzie hitting the jukebox type thing. Right. And he looks at the camera and he goes, Peter, this one's for you. And then hits the Falcon and it started up. The timing wasn't great, but whatever. It was effective. Right. Fucking fireworks and shit went off. It was cool. <clears throat> All right. Uh, you want to do some voicemails and some emails? Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Only thing I can think about now is Sunny D being the drink of choice in some obscure Czechoslovakian province. Mm-hmm. All this, all the soda machines, Sunny D. I remember there used to be like when you went to the like the gas station, you could get like a little portable Sunny D. You know what I mean? Like a little single serving Sunny D bottle. Mm-hmm. I don't think they make those anymore. Clearly, the popularity of Sunny D has com- declined to the point where uh, you just can't. Like, they're I like, mean, we can't sell individuals of this. We got to fucking put this shit on sale. There's just better options out there. I, I haven't s- tried Orangina in a long time, but I can't remember what it tastes like. I don't know that I've ever had that. Um, Yeah, we could be looking at the end of Sunny D. Like, Sunny D may go off into the sunset. And I say, Good. Fuck Sonny D. I say farewell, my friend. Farewell. Farewell to you, sir. Sir Sonny of D. You tried to take the place of juice. And you failed. And you failed. All right, here we go. Little Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All righty. Now, Will, if I was going to say, hey, we're going to do some voicemails, how do you think, how do you think we'd kick that off? Who do you think we'd hear from first? Probably from royalty. I know, man. Like, what did we do? What did we do to deserve a visit from a fucking kingly king as such as the king of all times? King Tom, the author of the Lando Quatrain. Nostra Thomas. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Haas and Will. So I got a question or two for you. Kind of stems from something I saw on Twitter today. One of my follows posted something about the special editions and how in his mind, the worst addition to the Return of the Jedi special edition was that one little bit in Jabba's palace where they show Boba Fett with the two dancers and he, you know, taps the one on the chin and then kind of walks away. He said that's just as bad as Jedi rocks, is what he says. And to me, 
I'm thinking this claim is crazy because that's one of my favorite additions to the special edition. Uh, I just think it, it, it's a neat little moment that kind of adds something to the character. And as one of the, the prominent Boa fans, Haas, I was wondering mm-hmm. first what you felt about this. But then this brought me down another line of thinking that I wanted to share with you and get your input on. Uh, you know, Boba Fett, going back in history, was developed in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. And they first wheeled him out to the public first as, I believe, in a parade an Independence Day Parade 1978, and then in the holiday special in November of that year. But what if that wasn't Boba's first introduction to the public? You know, people love, and this is the other thing that I'm getting at, people love to complain about George tinkering and making changes in the special editions, but really George had been making changes to the original Star Wars since it was first released. Um... Fox had re-released the Star Wars a number of times before Empire Strikes Back came out, and each time it made a lot of money, people went to go see it. But George had continually tampered with little things, or tinkered, I should say. Things like the sound mix, he added Episode 4, New Hope to the Crawl, one of these re-releases. What if George had gotten the idea for the special editions way back then and and yet he could not have done like the new special effects he couldn't have added Jabba but what if he in one of these re-releases before the release of Empire had done something like added the scene in the hangar where Luke is talking with Red Leader about Luke's father what if he added a scene on Mos Eisley where Boba Fett shows up walks through does something and that was Boba's first appearance. Uh, You know, people, like I said, people complain about George making changes in the special editions while forgetting that he had made changes way back when, even to the original release and its subsequent releases. And what if he had tried something with the special editions uh, earlier? Do you think it would have changed the way people perceive Boba? Do you think it would have changed the way people think about the special editions? Or are there any other changes that could have been made with the the technology they had in the 70s? And I say that knowing full well that they were really busy working on Empire back then. Just a crazy idea. A what if. But anyway, thanks for listening as always, and keep up the great podcast. Ooh, this is a... King Tom's... Is he flirting with me with this Bobo voicemail? Sounds like it. I accept King Tom. Um... So, the thing with him in Jabba's palace, with Boba and Jabba's palace and the dancer or the, I don't know if she's supposed to be a dancer or is she like, just like a bar patron or something or like a, like a, just hanging out or something. I don't know. I always kind of liked it because, especially at the time, it at least gave a little more personality to Boba. You know what I'm saying? It like... It's not much, but it added something to him. It so, made you feel like he was human. Right. He wasn't a robot. You know, like, right. there's an indicator that there's a person under there. Right. And, like... I liked it. I mean... Yeah, like, it, it's such a small thing. Like, there's, to me, like, stuff I like way less than that, man. Like... Uh, what's his name? Is it, uh, what's the dude? The, yeah! the guy from Jedi Rocks? I don't really like him that much. 
Oh, the male singer? Yeah. That, I mean... Okay. <clears throat> I like the, Lefty Neck way better. The, the, like, the original song? Yeah, yeah. And it was as long as it needed to be, okay? The elongated performance did not add anything. I mean, just in my opinion. It did not add to the movie. It was unnecessary. That is... So, you know, up until the special editions, I had never, ever seen something in Star Wars that I didn't like. And I love Star Wars. And there's never been a Star Wars movie or cartoon or something that I haven't been able to find something to latch on to and be like, oh, I like this. You know, mm. um, this was that was the first time I remember seeing something in Star Wars and being like, I don't particularly like that. Mm, like, I don't like that. And I didn't even see it for the first time in the theater they put i don't know if you remember this there was a music video for jedi rocks on mtv i think i do remember that and i remember seeing that and being like oh oh no thank you um there are it is it would be interesting to see like an alternate universe where you know in like 79 or whenever one of the Star Wars releases if that came out and Boba Fett was in it or Job the scene with Jabba was in it granted that wouldn't line up to me up that's the well. worst really that in the special editions the scene with Jabba is the worst it's the in reflection i mean when i was younger the 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 Jedi rock scene probably irritated me the most um now that i'm older the Jabba scene irritates me the most it has whole, held up the least well Jabba looks like he's rendered in Nintendo 64 graphics. And then you're pushing, you know, you're just uncomfortably finagling Han Solo behind him. None of none of the dialogue, none of that what is said adds anything. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> well, it doesn't add direness to Han Solo because in Jedi, you basically get that whole plea again. You know, like, look, even I get boarded. Like, you know, that's all. Even I get boarded sometimes. Is all you have to say to cover everything that's in that scene. Right. Like none of that makes it doesn't improve anything. Right. I totally agree. It's an op you're you're using an op you have extra footage, and you're trying to use that extra footage. And I get it. I get why he did it. I get why he wanted to do it. And like I understand what he did, and I respect it. But it 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 is the one that has held up the least well over time. I like that scene the only part i don't like was your main point which was the cg of jabba like even when they tried to redo it because they've redone that cg jabba they did it they redid them for i think the dvd release and the blu-ray release and it still doesn't look better you know mm -hmm. and like i don't know this is one of those weird nitpicky things that has always bugged me but so you know when they originally shot the scene, it was just a dude. Like, yeah, it was a yeah, big, I've seen the original. Yeah, a, a big fat guy and like yeah. a big fur fat coat. guy in like merchant's attire with a right. floppy merchant hat. Right, and so when Harrison Ford, when Han Solo goes to get on the Falcon, he goes, "Jabba, you're a wonderful human being." Human being, yeah. That bugs me because he's not. And a they human being. they play it off to where that's like an insult to Jabba. I guess you know like. That's because Jabba's like, oh, well, fuck you too, asshole. Like, 
And then he gathers his group and leaves. I think it's it's, it's an excuse to show Boba Fett. I don't know more than Jabba. I think that's why. Well, so the Boba Fett thing. You know me. I'm a Boba guy. I love Boba Fett. But the fact that, like, it is... It's corny that Boba Fett literally walks into the middle of the frame, turns towards looks the, cam- at the camera, looks right at the camera. And to me, I think it cheapens the character of Boba Fett more into the territory of a of a hut lackey because when he first shows up in Empire, like, oh, he's a bounty hunter. He's fulfilling a bounty for Darth Vader. And then he just so happens that he can kill two birds with one stone and fill, <laughs> fill the fill the next bound. Once he's done it for Vader and he lures Luke there, he can he now can fill the bounty for Jabba the Hutt. Like it kind of ma- he was a badass, and so he filled the bounty for the Jedi. I mean, he just got paid, and he's looking to spend some credit on some gains into whores. Like that's why he's kicking it on Tatooine, not because he's you know. He's a a hut lackey, you know, but when you put him back in like that, he kind of seems like a hut enforcer, which makes him less cool to me as a bounty hunter. You know, like, it's weird how other stuff in the special edition, especially of A New Hope, holds up way better than that Jabba scene, too. Like, Uh, the CG uh, X-Wings are so good. CG X-Wings, great. CG of them coming into Moss Eisley. Still really not that bad, you know? There's a couple the of... Yeah, there's a couple of little off, like, parts that aren't so great, but as a whole, I don't think there's anything CG-wise in that part that's as bad as yeah. CG Jabba. Yeah, nothing. Um, nothing at all. Uh, the additions to the Sarlacc pit don't bother me. Um, and there, see, the little things, I think, are what really set the difference because they really make it. You know, they are what make it special edition to me. Um, the echo, you know, the echo when Luke and Leia are about to swing across that chasm in the Death Star, like the, it, the, those little things, they really, they spice it up for me a lot. You know, um, one that always annoyed me. What's that? Uh, and it's not even in the movies anymore. Like, I believe it was taken out for the DVD. I think it's on the VHS release of the special editions and it was in the theater, but in Empire Strikes Back when Luke and Vader are fighting, you know, and Luke jumps off the uh, gantry and falls in the special edition, the original version of the special edition, they had him like screaming like, no. Oh, really? And dude, like to me, that makes that moment moment. So uncool. Like, Luke Skywalker is essentially saying like, no, fuck you, man. I would rather die than join you. Not like I'm going to jump and immediately regret it. You know what I'm saying? I should have thought this through. (laughs) I'm making terrible choices. (laughs) Um, We don't even have to go to the Han shot first argument, but yeah, um, I, I just pretend that that didn't happen. I still, to this day, Pretend that that didn't happen. I didn't. I'll tell you right now. When I went to see the special edition of New A New Hope, like you never saw a more excited eighth grader or whatever the fuck I was, seventh grader, eighth grader. Right. I Me remember too. 
uh, telling one of my teachers, Mr. Pritchard, I think his name was like, he was like, what's everybody doing? And I was like, I'm going to see Star Wars tonight. And he was like making fun of me. He was like, who even watches Star Wars anymore? Uh, and being in the theater waiting for that Jabba scene like that, because, you know, I knew that's part of what they added. And, uh, right. and like that scene was in the novelization and stuff. I couldn't wait to see it. Um, like that was all I was concerned with. I was like, I'm going to see this fucking Jabba scene. This is Star Wars I've never seen before. Never even noticed the Greedo shooting first thing. That Never even noticed that until I was on the internet reading about Star Wars. Like that was never something that stuck out to me. <clears throat> the first time I saw it, I thought it was like my mind had played tricks on me like i i I was kind of in disbelief like when greedo shot first and then han does his i don't know his kung fu slide out of the way you know like i my my reaction was like that that's not right did that happen like that that's not how that's supposed to go is it didn't han just blow him away i don't remember greedo shooting like i didn't realize that that was an addition from the special effects. Like I was trying to convince myself that that had always happened. Like I, I was you. having the internal debate whether that was part was in the original movie. And I was like, no, no, that's not right. And then, you know, on further discussion, I was like, oh, they made Greedo shoot first so that Han wouldn't be, you know, an asshole and just kill somebody for no reason. But even as a kid, I was like, the man had a gun in his face. Like, right. What, you know, the man had a gun. He was staring down the barrel of a blaster like a cool ass motherfucker leaned back with his leg kicked up. Not even really that worried. Like that was cool as shit, you know? And then Han was defending himself. So the fuck what? It was under the table. That means he came out on top. Like the man had a gun in his face. He did. Greedo didn't have to fire. He was already under enough threat. You know what I mean? I don't. I still don't understand why Greedo had to fight. Like, I mean, this is not a com. You know, we don't have. To, like I said, we don't even have to go into that argument. But, um, you want to? Let's see. Who else do we got? Let me look on the old. Let's move on here. We got uh, our buddy Rick. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Haws and Will. It's uh, it's Rick in Chicago and. I was listening to Willis's question from last week, and a question kind of popped up in my head concerning the Old Republic. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, there being a movie on the way, and uh, all of that kind of fun stuff. But my question is, do you think that we'll get a new canon Old Republic book without there being a movie uh, slated? You know, because it kind of seems like any kind of tie-in material for stuff, uh, you know, books, comics, whatever, more often than not seem to be connected something uh, with uh, the movies coming out. So I'm just wondering if we'll see something that's completely independent uh, in that timeline if there isn't something movie-related or uh, screen-related uh, coming along with it. So... I'm anxious to hear what you guys have to say about it. Keep up the good work. I love you both. And may the force be with you. Bye. That's a good question. Thank you for the... That is uh, a good question. So I kind of feel like our best bet for 
an old Republic book would be if there is a movie or something coming out. That's um, what I was going to say. I, I think I think it's a pretty good chance there's an Old Republic movie coming. And I think the first Old Republic book you'll get will be the novelization of the movie. And then from there, I bet they'll do more books in that era. Or comic books even. But They might do... I wouldn't be surprised if they would they do, do a, a prequel setup, like yeah, an aftermath kind of thing. Yeah, like a big uh, lead up. Like maybe, you know, like over across comics and books and young adult and stuff like like they've been doing with Star Wars movies. So that wouldn't surprise me. I'll say this, like not every Star Wars book seems to be, you know, created in, equal in well in service to a movie release like we've gotten some prequel content over the last few months. Like they did Queen Shadow, Master Apprentice, Dooku Jedi Lost, and those aren't tied into a movie. So, and but, like the Vader Palpatine one, that's not that's not necessarily tied to a movie, is it? Or was it tied to Rogue One? Um, the Vader. Oh, Lords of the Sith. No, yeah, that came out. That came out before Episode Seven, even. So, um, yeah, I don't think they necessarily, but I also <laughs> think that there's, to me, there's gotta be a reason that they haven't put out something set in the old Republic. Or if we're going back to my dude, Boba Fett, like they've barely done anything with Boba Fett. Like he's been in a couple of issues of the mainline star Wars comic. He had a one shot come out. Uh, this month, like in the Age of Rebellion line. But otherwise, they haven't done much with Boba Fett. And I think part of that is because <clears throat> hopefully, eventually, they want to do something with Boba Fett. So they want to wait and not like step on the toes of anything like screen related. Right. And I think the same thing could probably be said for the Old Republic. They don't want to dive into that before they decide what they want to do with that area of Star Wars. So that's why I think the most likely option of us getting anything Old Republic related will be if we get a movie or a TV show or a cartoon or something like and that. Then my next, my next, I mean, gut feeling would be that if it doesn't come to a movie, it would be like a Disney Plus series, if not live action animated, you know. Right, right. <coughs> okay. Next up, we got a voicemail from Utah. Uh, uh, Dougie. Dougie. <laughs> Dougie, Dougie, Dougie. Pause and will. It's Utah Dougie checking in. Sorry I uh, didn't get to send in a message when Jeremy was on board last week. I, I do really appreciate that great shout-out, however. That was uh, making me feel good. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was out in San Francisco, so I went by uh, Lucasfilm headquarters, and uh, they were closed, but I did get to see the Yoda statue, and, man, that thing is cool. Uh, definitely a bucket list item for me. Next time, hopefully, they're open, and I can go inside, and there's a little lobby that you can look around in and see some really cool stuff. Um, but, yeah, that shout-out was awesome. And... This week, I wanted to ask you, you know, Avengers Endgame, Endgame came out, and pretty much that whole movie was just full of just awesome moments where you want to just throw your fist in the air, shout out, especially in the end, spoiler alert, 
when Captain America picks up the hammer. Oh man, everybody just cheered and that was just awesome. I was wondering what type of moments in the past Star Wars have made you cheer out? Uh, I remember when in uh, Revenge of the Sith, when Yoda walks into the Emperor's room and knocks over those two guards with the wave of his hand. I was like, oh, shoot, Yoda's the man. Um, so I was wondering what kind of fist bump moments you've had in the past and maybe what kind of fist bump moments you're looking for in the future. Uh, once again, you po- appreciate the podcast. It's awesome as always. Till next time, Dougie. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm also very jealous that he went up and saw the Yoda fountain and stuff. I saw yeah, pictures right. of that on, on Twitter. Um, so let's go movie by movie. Um, and we'll do first time seeing them. So like the special editions or anything like that doesn't count because I had seen those so many times, but like Phantom Menace, uh, definitely. I mean, you always get the big, I love Star Wars opening night. You always get the big, like, um, cheer when the Lucasfilm logo comes up when it says a long time ago in a galaxy far far away yeah the Star Wars logo like all of that Um, for the Phantom Menace though like I definitely remember a big cheer when Darth Maul showed up on Naboo and ignited that double bladed lightsaber that was a big one yeah, when the when the final fight, the duel of fates kicked in, I remember the crowd going wild, and I remember a cheer when R two in the very beginning when R two saves the day, mm-hmm. like yep. when R two shows up, save the day. I remember that being a big clap whoop moment. Uh, Attack of the Clones, uh, I mean Yoda coming in and whipping out the lightsaber, like maybe one yeah, of the, Yoda whipping ass Count Dooku, maybe one of the biggest cheers I've seen in a Star Wars movie. Like, yeah. people really lost their mind. Um, <clears throat> Revenge of the Sith. I don't know if I remember necessarily there being a big cheer moment, like, when I was in the I, theater. I don't remember any. Like, I really don't. Unless, um, it maybe when Luke beheads Count Dooku, maybe. Oh, Anakin, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, I meant Anakin. Uh, but that's a maybe because the, okay, the rest of it is so emotionally heavy that there wasn't a bunch of whoops right uh, in the theater when I was watching it. You know, from uh, from the assault on from the Jedi, the Mace Windu confrontation of Palpatine to the end, there wasn't whoops. You know, there were plenty of moments where there could have been, but it was too emotionally heavy. I think in the theater for anybody. Yeah, and and like you know, you you know what's coming, right? You know what's coming between Obi Wan and and Anakin, which is a lightsaber fight I really like, but it's not one that I'm like, oh shit, you know. Yeah. Um, Force Awakens, so many cheer moments. Like, oh yeah, like the, yeah, the Falcon, Han, yeah, hey, Han. Uh, Han on the Falcon was the first one. Han and Chewie on the Falcon, that was the one I remember. Like, Oh, I remember just when the fal- when they're like, the garbage will do. And it pans over and shows the Falcon. Oh, um, oh yeah. I remember. Yeah, you're right. And then 
Um, uh, then my favorite one, and it's my favorite moment of the movie, Ray pulling the lightsaber. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Chewie, we're home. That's a good one. Jesse just, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one I was. Um, Rogue One. Oh, Vader and Leia. Vader and Leia got big pops. Ba- yeah. Vader and Leia. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. The Last Jedi. Yoda showing up. Master Yoda. Um, the fight with the Praetorian Guards. Yep. And then when Luke shows up mm-hmm. to fight Kylo Ren. Yep. I remember yep. that. Uh, solo. I don't really. Dude. My first solo screening of Solo was rough. I was having a good old time in. Uh, in uh, I was going to say Chicago in California, but I don't really remember much of our first screening of Solo. I do. I having too good of a time. When 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 uh, Han was thrown in the mud to meet Chewie. Yeah, that I, yeah, I remember. That's the crowd true. Going crazy then. Lando showing up for the first time. That was a yep. big one. And yeah, yep. you know. Those always get the big pops. That was a good question, Dougie. All right. I swear I thought we had a voicemail from Jim, but I can't find it. Maybe maybe it was into Rogue it was to the Rogue One email though. That or overlooked it, I don't know. Uh I'm excited about this email. This is uh someone who I was very excited to meet in Chicago for celebration. It's our buddy Raymond riding in all the way from Hong Kong. Hey, Halson Will. My first time writing to the show. Hope this mail finds you well and things are going well for everyone. What are you guys' thoughts on how Disney Plus is going to roll out the episodes for their upcoming series, such as The Mandalorian, etc.? I'm not sure if this has already been confirmed, either on weekly basis or one full season in one go. What would you guys prefer? I'm asking because... I know my region will not be launched until like months or even a year after the release in the U.S. Uh, we'll we'll tackle that first. So it appears that it is a weekly basis. They said the first episode is going to be available on November 12th. So that makes me think it's going to be a weekly basis. That's a Tuesday. That's what I prefer. It's a Tuesday. Um just so everybody can discuss yeah. it as it comes out. I'm so there's ex- no spoiler. You're not waiting for right. everybody to binge it. There's a there's a few things uh, that I like about it. I like, for one, like, I wasn't super stoked with this latest season of Game of Thrones. That's a different discussion. That's a story for another time. But I already miss Game of Thrones night. You know what I mean? I, I miss the anticipation. I miss getting together with our friends and watching Game of Thrones. Like, our Game of Thrones group, A1, a lot of fun. So, I like having that to look forward to. I don't think everybody's going to be like, let's get together and watch The Mandalorian. I don't think that same group is going to be as hyped for that. Um, I I bet 
No, I mean, may not you may not get together to watch it, but I guarantee weekly you'll be asked, did you see The Mandalorian? Oh, I bet. Did you see The Mandalorian this week? Um, so I'm looking forward to the weekly release for that reason. The other thing um, that I like, and this is completely selfish, but that gives us eight eight weeks of content for the podcast. We're all for eight weeks. We're going to have a new episode of The Mandalorian to watch, and I feel like it also gives us more time to like dive into each episode. You know, like to really. Yeah discuss and break down each episode um so you know i i was reading an article about werner herzog uh basically doing the mandalorian because he needed the money to make a movie he wanted to make and he wasn't really sure he didn't know much about star wars wasn't really sure he could fit in but they needed him to be like this villainous terror presence and that struck me as news. I didn't realize he was going to be a villain. But when I told you about it, you're like, oh, yeah, we totally knew he was going to be a villain. I was like, well, shit, I didn't know that. I didn't get that from that clip. Um, I thought he was just giving him a job. But, I mean, I mean, apparently he's going to be a villain. Like, And that'll be cool because he's a good one of those. Um, I, uh, I kind of figured he would be a villain just because, like... That's his thing. Well, that's his thing, like that clip that we saw at celebration does not make him seem like a nice guy. Like, um, and I just think that, um, I assumed he was a regional warlord, right? You know, like the empire is falling apart. So all the stormtroopers need to rally right. around who's got the most money in he the might region. Have been like a gen- Cause like he's where, like, I think he has an Imperial cog on his, his shirt or his breastplate or whatever so right he was probably like a general or something and then like once the empire fell apart he was like well we're just gonna take over this planet or something who knows um was listening to your last episode about the vanity fair images as we were told kylo took some of luke's students with him when he destroyed the temple and we all assumed they were the knights of ren now they are all using swords axes and even blasters i like the bad guy with guns on his on his or her arm do you guys think that was a bit quote-unquote uncivilized and not using uh, elegant weapons like lightsabers what do you guys think of that maybe the knights of ren were not luke students at all or just are they just a bunch of mercenaries or hitmen looking forward to your thoughts um if you did buy an oculus quest did you like it i didn't pull the trigger yet but i'm getting close Best regards. I like that. <laughs> Raymond from Hong Kong. Still post-celebration blues going on. I miss the place, food, city, and all the Star Wars and fandom I encountered there. And I'm so grateful to meet all you guys at last in person. Say hi to Johnny for me as well. May the Force be with you. Signing off. Dude, Raymond is so awesome. Uh, if you go to Anaheim with us and, and Raymond is there, like you gotta meet Raymond. He's awesome. Uh <clears throat> The that's the big question about the Knights of Ren, right? Like, are they the the handful of students that Kylo took with him? Right, uh, or are they not? That's still a question I can't really answer. I think they might be. I think it would be darker if they're not. Like, 
what happened to them if the Knights of Ren aren't Luke's former right. students? What happened to those other former students? Right. If that's like, not them, that's a what if Kylo killed them as to not have competition or right. you know? Because you would think if they were Jedi students, that at least some of them would have lightsabers. I can buy the whole idea that well maybe they weren't to the point where they got a lightsaber. Um, you know they weren't that far in their training they weren't lightsaber trained or maybe kylo ren has this rule where you know you're only you'll only get a lightsaber back when you're worthy of a lightsaber you know when i say you're worthy of one right or you know it may be like uh do i think the blasters are uncivilized it may be purposefully uncivilized like like a purposeful like a thumb in the eye of the jedi i don't know code you know yeah i don't know using a blaster because it's not the Jedi way. Like I don't want to be like no stinking Jedi. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is such like a interesting line from the last Jedi. It, you know, it's like a two second line, but that one line like opens up so many possibilities. Like, unless like you said, Kylo Ren took them out because he didn't want the competition then you got to wonder, like, why does he take him them with him in the first place? And, you know, if Kylo Ren has a handful of Force users to back him up, are none of them have progressed in their Force training whatsoever? To have a lightsaber? Or right. to even, I mean, I don't know, to use the Force. Like, the, the Last Jedi kind of makes it seem like Kylo Ren... You know, Kylo Ren's rise is what called Ray's rise. You know, like right. you know, your your opposite in the light would rise. Well, that one. I mean, if we're talking about literal balance, then she should have a handful of Force users. You know, <coughs> yeah. somewhere in the galaxy, yeah, and maybe that's where she's going. You know, I don't know that balance in Star Wars necessarily works like a one to one like that because you know you always got to kind of have the good guys be. I mean, I agree. You know? I, I didn't think that was how it worked either, but right. just kind of what Snoke said made it seem like. Right. I, I think regardless of the if the kite, Knights of Ren, I almost called him the Kites of Ren. Hey. That Come is... Away. Bro, if kites were a bigger thing, I would be opening a kite store tomorrow. The Kites of Ren. <laughs> huh. We went to a... Do you remember we went to a kite store? In California, on the beach, there's a whole store, nothing but kites. Did we go in? Yeah. Remember, I was like, because I was like, look at that Millennium Falcon kite. And there was a huge Millennium Falcon kite. Dude, you are remembering something that I was not present for. Well, apparently, you were having the good time. I was about to say, I might have been there in person, but I was not present. <laughs> um. I got off on that tangent about kites, and I can't remember what I was going to say. The Knights of Ren? Yeah. Uh, if the Knights of Ren, yeah, I don't know, man. That That's the big question. Like, And I want to know where the surname Ren, what that has to do with me. Like, yeah. is it the Knights of Ren as in Kylo Ren, or is Ren some some order or something or some place like, where you know? why is kylo ren even kylo ren i get the whole changing your name taking yeah. on a new I mean, name I, and shedding yeah, the I family name i get that but is there a significance behind ren 
Kylo Ren? And does that mean like order of assassins? You know, is it a temple somewhere? Like, is that just a cool name Kylo came up with? Ren sounds evil. That sounds pretty fucking badass. You're gonna be Bobo Ren. You're gonna be Try It Out Ren. You're gonna be uh, Gary Ren. You're gonna be Will Ren. Like, are all those dudes something Ren? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Fatso Ren. Your hammer Ren. Your sorty McBlaster. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Somebody bleeding? Because that sounds like someone should be bleeding. No, that wasn't. You know what that was? That was my cat Walter getting outside. And my dog's going crazy when he was brought back inside. Because they think they're the fucking alpha animals. And they got to police the cats. So that was them trying to get on to Walter. But Walter's too fast for that shit. He hit Walter the ground said, running. Fuck the police. And was behind a couch before they got anywhere near him. <clears throat> well, buddy, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for uh, recording with me. I know it was a little later and a day later than we normally do. Oh, it's quite all right. I'm sorry I had the technical difficulties that made us drag. It's all good, buddy. Um, If you guys like our theme song please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music they are stoned cobra you can find them on itunes spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com speaking of stone cobra congrats to our buddy steve cobra got married last saturday mm, congratulations at a, a wonderful wedding had a blast um oh also f- our friends Kim and Maddie started a new Star Wars podcast that you guys should check out. It's the Hyperspace Happy Hour. Um, they're at Hyper Happy Hour on Twitter. You can, I think you can get them on SoundCloud right now. They're in the process of getting up on iTunes and stuff. So, like, check them out now. Get in on that damn ground level. And then you can be like, oh, I listen to, you want to, oh, you want a podcast to listen to? I'm on this new shit, son. I've been there since day one. Um, other than that, I think we're good. Oh, leave us uh, iTunes reviews if you haven't already. It super helps us out, and we really appreciate it. And next week, we will be back to talk about something, I'm sure. I hope. I sure hope. Oh, we won't be talking about it next week, but E3. E3 is next Saturday, and so we're going to get our first sort of gameplay look at Jedi Fallen Order. Fallen Order. So we have that to look forward to. But anyways, guys, thanks for listening. You guys are the best. May the Force, uh, for Blue Harvest, I'm Halls Burkhardt. May the Force and, be with you. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.